Hello and welcome back to Delighted Motherhood, a podcast devoted to delighting ourselves in the Lord and enjoying our kids to the glory of God. I'm your host, Kira Nelson. Well, it's summertime, it's July, and summertime and springtime seems to often have a lot of baby showers. And I think in the midst of all those baby showers, it can feel like everybody is having babies. But the painful reality is that a lot of women actually aren't having babies. A lot of women may deeply desire to have a child, to be able to become pregnant with a child, are not able to do that at the time that they want to do it. In fact, one in six women face the heartache of infertility. And I think pretty much everybody is going to be affected by infertility to some degree or another. Whether it's a battle that you have with infertility or it's someone that is very close to you who is struggling with infertility. Perhaps it's a very dear friend or even someone within your own family. And infertility is a deeply painful thing. In fact, in the Bible, often uh, infertility can even be a metaphor for, for death. And so when God brings life out of the womb of a woman who is has is, is been proven to be infertile, that in some ways is an image of resurrection, which is really quite beautiful when you think about it. So when we think about these stories of, say, perhaps Sarah being so old and not able to conceive, and then God giving her a baby in her old age, which defies all understanding, or one of my favorite women in the scripture, just to look at from a motherhood perspective, is the mother of John the Baptist, Elizabeth, who was a righteous woman who was from the line of Aaron, who was devout and had been praying likely for a baby for her entire adult life. And then once she was an old woman, then God chose to give her a baby. And it's this miraculous, amazing thing. But I think what we see in scripture is a lot of pictures of how infertility can be really, really painful. And I think we don't have to just look to the scripture to know that it's really painful. We can just know from our experiences or again, from the experiences of someone very close to us. So I think in in the midst of that pain of obviously this is a motherhood podcast, right? So we're all about motherhood, but I think some of us listening may be longing to be mothers or God has blessed us with one child or maybe even two. And we're longing for the second child or we're longing for the third. And God hasn't seemed to provide that baby that we so much long for. And I think in the midst of that, there can be so much hurt and so much frustration. And so where can we turn for comfort when we are grieving these dreams and when we're grappling with unfulfilled longing. And for those of us who aren't battling with infertility ourselves, how can we be those who come alongside, who get in the boat with women who are struggling? We say, I'm in this with you. I want to rejoice when you rejoice. And I also want to weep when you weep. I'm thankful when you come to my baby shower and I want to be with you when you go to your doctor appointment and get some hard news or maybe just get some frustrating news or perhaps get good news. But I want to be here with you. For me, this is something which is very personal. I haven't personally at this point in my life really dealt with serious infertility or infertility really at all. But I have people in my life who I love so much who do deal with this issue. And I want to learn as a woman how to support other women who are in this. 
So for this podcast today, I got to talk with two women who have both battled with infertility. They're the authors of a beautiful new book called Waiting in Hope. It's 31 reflections, thinking about infertility and how God is with us in that. So Kelly Ramsey and Jen Hesse are these two authors. Kelly Ramsey, she's a woman who has lived the story of infertility. And in the midst of that, she began journeying with all of these other women who have struggled with infertility. And she started this ministry called Waiting in Hope Ministries. Out of It was really born out of a desire to support women and couples by proclaiming the message that Jesus is our hope, right? And that's really true for all of us, whether or not infertility is a struggle that we battle. Jesus is our hope in everything that we face. The other author that I'm going to be speaking with that co-authored this book is Jen Hesse, and she has known the depths of longing for a child. She and her husband, Colin, endured years of treatments, surgeries, and and during this journey, she was able to meet um, Kelly and become, become good friends and then work in ministry together and write this book. So I think that this is going to be an encouraging conversation for you if this is something that you have battled. And I'm hoping that it will also be an encouraging conversation for you if this isn't something you have battled, but you want to support someone else who has been battling it. Before we go into the conversation, I want to start our time by reading Psalm 57. Psalm 57 is a psalm written by David, likely when he goes into the cave um, and, and Saul is in the cave and he cuts off a small portion of Saul's garment um, to prove to Saul, I'm not trying to kill you. And this is during a time when Saul is trying to kill David out of nothing wrong that David has done. But I think this psalm is really beautiful. It says, have mercy on me, O God, have mercy on me, for in you my soul takes refuge. I will take refuge in the shadow of your wings until disaster has passed. I cry out to God Most High, to God who fulfills His purpose for me. He sends from heaven and saves me, rebuking those who hotly pursue me. God sends His love and His faithfulness. I am in the midst of lions. I lie among ravenous beasts, men whose teeth are spears and arrows, whose tongues are sharp swords. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. They spread a net for my feet. I was bowed down in distress. They dug a pit in my path, but they have fallen into it themselves. My heart is steadfast, O God. My heart is steadfast. I will sing and make music. Awake, my soul. Awake, harp and lyre. I will awaken the dawn. I will praise you, O Lord, among the nations. I will sing of you among the peoples, for great is your love reaching to the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the skies. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens, and let your glory be over all the earth. So my friends, today as we're going to be talking about a harder topic, I just want to encourage us to remember that No matter what we're facing, whether it's infertility or something else, God is exalted above the heavens and he is steadfast. And it's this steadfast God who can give us a steadfast heart. I hope you're encouraged by today's episode. 
All right. Well, welcome back to Delighted Motherhood, ladies. Tonight, we're going to be talking about a really difficult topic. We're going to be discussing infertility, both if infertility is something that you have dealt with, or if it's something that you know a friend or family member has been dealing with. So tonight I'm joined by Kelly Ramsey and Jen Hesse. Ladies, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks so much. So Kelly and Jen just released um, a brand new book. Can you guys tell us a little bit about that? (laughs) Yeah, Waiting in Hope, 31 Reflections for Walking with God Through Infertility, released April 11th. And it is just, it's exactly what we would have wanted when we went through years of infertility. And so we're just so excited to have it out there and in hands. Yeah, absolutely. So Kelly, Kelly has lived the story of infertility, uh, while journeying with thousands of other women and couples in the past, over the past 10 years. So early in their journey, Kelly and her husband, Justin followed the Lord's prompting to share their story on a blog. And they started a support group at their church. And so out of that blog, a ministry called waiting in hope ministries was born. And that's sort of where this book was launched out of as well. Um, and from that, Jen was able to connect with Kelly also. So Jen Hesse has known the depths of longing for a child and really desiring to have children, but being unable to do so. Um, during that journey, she was able to connect also with Kelly. And since then, they have been working together in Waiting in Hope. And now together, they're collaboratively trying to reach women who are really struggling with this very painful topic. Um, because truly it does affect so many of us. The studies say that it's one in six women that will face the heartbreak of infertility. But honestly, to me, that seems low. It seems higher than that in some of my circles. Almost everybody that I know is affected by infertility to some degree. So the question that I think we need to wrestle with and really consider is where can women turn for comfort while grieving their dreams and grappling with unfulfilled longing? And for those who aren't battling infertility, like myself, I haven't struggled with infertility. How can we come alongside those who are? So that's kind of our big idea and what we're going to be mostly talking about today. So with all of that, let's just jump into this topic. Um, Ladies, can you share a little bit more about your background with infertility? Kelly, perhaps we could start with you. Yeah. So as you kind of said in my bio, I Well, I went through years of infertility and trying to conceive did not think when I went into, you know, marriage that this would be a problem. However, I had a lot of health issues, so I thought maybe this could be. And everyone described my journey as like a fast, fast, fast cycle in it where it was like I got sent to the specialist quickly and started having treatments and doctors look at me and things just weren't correct and right. And um, had, you know, miscarriage pretty quickly and then started IUIs and went on and on and on. Ended up having endometriosis and more failed IUIs, um, overstimulated, lots of things. And what ended up happening was the Lord just did crazy miracles. But what's really beautiful is that I think really... The point of my infertility journey really was to be able to see that there was so much more I could do in my pain to step into others' pain and to really use what was 
misery in a lot of ways for ministry or pain for purpose, whatever, you know, whatever quote you want to use, um, is really what my, my background of my infertility, we're actually in adoption. Um, we're waiting family right now. And so it's just continued. I feel like the waiting of infertility has continued for us for years now. And Jen, what about for you? Yeah, well, um, it seems both like a long time ago and yet not that far distant memory of going through years of uh, tests and treatments like you talked about um, that I shared in my bio. And so it was a long time of wrestling with the Lord because I knew that he had given me a good desire. I knew that came from him. And then there was the, yes, but he's not fulfilling it. And, and so, um, yeah, it was a lot, it was a difficult time for my husband and I, we had been married for a little while. Um, and everyone else around us seemed to be pregnant, like it just, and then not just that, then they'd get, you know, have their second, you know, and like we got lapped. And so <laughs> it was, um, it was, it felt very isolating. Um, at the same time though, then God was kind of using that period of, um, struggle and, um, challenging my faith, um, showing me kind of a different opportunity. Like he was birthing something new from the pain and that was starting a local support group, um, where we lived at the time through our church. And then years on down the road, I connected with Kelly on social media and, um, we were both wanting to reach this community, um, and support them and really give, offer that comfort from the Lord that he comforted us in our journeys and really fulfilling that scripture that talks about like pouring out the comfort that he gave. Mm-hmm. us to others like that's one of the reasons that we go through suffering is to um to help others see christ in it when you don't have that when you're surrounded by darkness so um so it's been you know that mixture of like really difficult and also seeing the lord's hand move through the pain and the hardship um to not just have like I have children now but also I've walked with lots of women and families and seen God change them through that mm-hmm. all right so Kelly I would love to also hear from you a little bit about how infertility impacted your relationship with the Lord so while you were battling with desiring to have a baby but not being able to conceive a baby how did the Lord show you more of himself during that yeah. time. Yeah. The, I talk about it throughout the book, but it just felt like he was quiet or he was silent. And like Jen had mentioned, like, you know, we know he can, he can do this. And so it was like, why are you not doing this is what, so it really was a battle of number one, of me trusting him, of me believing he was who he says he was, he is. And So there was this whole faith battle, honestly, like it was one of the biggest things to rock my Christian faith. And for me, 
to really lean in and decide, am I going to believe that the Bible is what it is, that God is who he says he is, and that Jesus is enough for any of this, and that he's my only hope. Like, the baby can't be the hope, the the future, the expectations, the dreams that I'm holding on to, like, those can't be the hope. But Jesus can, and he can hold that, and he can take all the doubts, all the frustrations, all the weariness that I felt. And so, I mean, my how did it impact my relationship with the Lord? Like, it drastically changed it. And, and it went in waves, you know, like it was like, okay, I have hope and I think I got this and I'm trusting the Lord. And then it just became deeper and deeper. Like as I had to become desperate for God to really come into those pit moments, like Psalm talks about with David. And it was like, he picked me up out of the miry bog and he set my feet on a solid foundation. Like he, like David cried out to the Lord in Psalms and and that's how it felt. And then in that, as my faith, you know, developed and changed and became stronger because I was like, I, this is all I have. He is all I have in this. Then it was like, okay, and I can sing a new song. Like I can sit in this, even though it is not what I desire and I can still be hopeful and I can still see that Jesus loves me because I know who I am and I know the foundational truths of that God loves me and he won't forsake me and he hasn't left me. And so, yeah, I mean, it changed everything about it. I have, I wrote about it, I think in the book, there's, I remember one, one friend uh, who I walked beside with an infertility and um, then later with an infertility ministry at Waiting Hope, which was just funny because we'd known each other since college. And I remember her calling me one day and being like, I think I'm more worried about becoming pregnant now because I'm, desperate for God. And I don't want that season to end. Like, I don't want that need for him to change. And I was like, whoa, like that was eye opening to be like, yeah, you're right. I don't think many people would put it that way, but, but that's something you can get to within this because there's not many things that bring you to your knees more than loss and the pain of infertility. Hmm. So I kind of want to think about that a little bit more. So Jen, turning to you now, one of the things that you've written about that I found very helpful is kind of helping people who aren't dealing with infertility think well about how to love those who are dealing with infertility. So can we, let's just talk about that a little bit. So what are some things that you wish people knew about infertility, particularly those who don't battle with it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, I appreciate your um, care and concern um, since, I mean, infertility doesn't affect everyone, but like you had mentioned earlier, probably affects more people than we realize because some people don't feel comfortable talking about it. Um, it's it's still, even in this age, it's still kind of private and um, shameful. Um, even I would say, especially in the church, because mm-hmm. um, motherhood is um, seen so favorably, which is really good. But then at the same time, if like you are a woman and you're married and there's just this expectation, like, you know, love, marriage, baby carriage. And so then it becomes this like um, almost burden, like that you're carrying and then 
you need to get to that next stage of development um, as a Christian woman. And so um, I, I would say, yeah, to be aware of that there's a lot of shame surrounding infertility mm -hmm. and specifically within, like as a Christian woman. Um, and again, as we've said, like it's just the good desire. We know um, God designed motherhood and that children are a blessing. These are true scriptures. And at the same time, like um, we, he doesn't always answer with a yes. And he doesn't always answer like in the timeline that we might want or expect. And so the other thing I would say too, to be aware of is that infertility is, um, it's a kind of a grief. And so when you think about, and we talk about this in the book, when you think about losing a loved one, it's a little bit more defined. Like there's all these understandings of, um, well, you're going to be sad and it's going to take time. And, um, there's just this deep valley that you're walking through. And with infertility, I mean, sometimes um, it involves miscarriage. You have lost a baby. And so you went through this like excitement of like possibility and this new life that God is forming. And then that's feels like it's ripped away from you. And, and that's um, there's a lot of grief inherent within that. And then also it, if you haven't experienced miscarriage, there's still that loss of, Hey, I had this idea of how motherhood was going to go for me and uh, maybe how many children I was going to have, or I was going to be pregnant at the same time as my friends, or mm -hmm. I would make my grandma who is sick, you know, a great grandma or something like that. There's a lot of uh, emotion, you know, that goes into trying to have children. And so it's that understanding that um, if your friend is going through infertility, she is hurting really badly. And it's like a lot of layers of um, sadness, shame, um, mm -hmm. fear, anxiety. Like there's a lot going on. And so just having that tenderness and compassion toward her um, and listening, I think um, we have as a tendency to just fill in the space with um, words of encouragement. And that's, that's good. But at the same time, like if you haven't yourself gone through infertility, but even if you have, you may not understand exactly her position and um, the, all of what she has gone through in her journey and where her faith is at and all of that. So I think that like having that mindset of I'm going to sit and be here for you mm -hmm. and listen and let you cry. And I will cry with you. It's that weeping with those mm -hmm. who weep. Um, and that goes a long way toward showing that like really the, I think of Jesus having that compassion toward people. And he listened, like he would ask mm -hmm. questions of people and listen to them. And so that's kind of, that's our model for how to, um, one of the ways to, to support someone who's walking through this, um, time of discouragement. So those are mm -hmm. a few things. Yeah. That yeah. I would say. yeah. And the that's book really has helpful. a, and the book has a great, 
uh, purpose for this because we didn't want it just yes. to be for women who were going through it. We wanted it to be a help and a companion. So it has a chapter that's just for people. Help me wait for those who are, you know, friends, family, mm-hmm. church staff, um, anyone who wants to know how they can help. And so we love that, you know, we get to give that out now and be like, this is what you can do. Start okay. with this. And honestly, if you have someone going through it, get them the book, but also like read it yourself Mm-hmm. because that's what's going to help you understand them even better because we wrote things that they don't know how to write for themselves mm-hmm. but are generally maybe what they're going through and you could ask. So what are some of those specific things? So I'm a person who likes to do things. <clears throat> I want to show my love and my affection for my friends. So what are some positive things that another sister could do? for someone who's going through infertility. And then on the flip side of that, what are some negative things we should avoid? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think some great things that are super helpful is like Jen said, like being there, just being present for them, um, showing up, you know, like making sure they're not going to appointments alone. If you guys are close, if you're not, then, you know, asking the questions and following up, um, and even just asking, like addressing the elephant in the room, because obviously most of your listeners are moms. And the hardest thing for me, and you know, we talk about in the book is when I wasn't in the mommy club, but I wanted to be in the mommy club. And so the mommy club had some of my very best friends in it who had already passed me. And I would go to things with them and I just felt left out and lonely and isolated. And they didn't mean to. And it, and And I was rejoicing with them. I I mean, I love these babies. I know them now. They're all, you know, they're growing up and they're wonderful and amazing and God's creation. But at the same time, I just ached for myself. And so if we can figure out ways to include your friend in those situations or to be mindful of it or to be okay if she's like, I can't do that today. Um, you know, we, we try to tell our communities a lot, like it's okay to not be there for mother's day or it's okay to not be there for every baby shower. Um, because it's going to be hard and you also have to take care of yourself so that you're not upset at everything you go to because what people don't realize, um, what was encouraging for me was when people realized I didn't feel like myself fully anymore. And so I know that that sounds dramatic, but I really didn't because the core of me was so drastically struggling that I felt like when I went places, I was trying to pretend to be okay, even though I wasn't. And that gets hard to do over and over again, if that makes sense. So I think when people realized that I really was struggling and encouraged me in that, it was super helpful. So how does infertility affect your relationships, perhaps your relationships with your husband or with your parents? Mm, Yeah, that's, um, (laughs) we have a whole section. So the book is divided in a couple different sections. We talk about the emotions and then your relationship with the Lord. And then we have like category, all the other relationships. Um, so It's interesting because, and I'll try to frame it from like a mom's perspective, like motherhood can be all consuming. And as a mom, like that's going to affect your relationship with your husband. It's going to affect your relationship 
we have friends and um, family. Like, so in a, in a different, in a similar way, but like differently because you don't have children and you want them. This affects you and your husband and your, you and your family members and you and your friends. Kelly spoke to that whole issue with having all your friends become moms and then you don't get to be part of that. And so there's that like have versus have not exclusion that nobody, I mean, I never had someone intentionally leave me Mm -hmm. out. It's just the very nature of it. It's like they're in a mom's play group. I don't have children, so I'm not going to go to that. So, um, that's very difficult because it's hard to find the common ground with your friends. For example, um, your life experiences are really different during that, that time. Um, your friend might have all these stories about, you know, funny stories, sad stories or whatever with their kids. And you can't offer your own to kind of, you know, go along Mm -hmm. with that. And so, And then there's that pain of like, no, I want to be there and doing that too. Um, So that's kind of some of the friend issues with family. There's a lot of expectations, I think. Um, You know, you, I mentioned this earlier about like you want to make your parents grandparents or something like that. um, Or they might have your parents or your in-laws might have expectations of like, well, you should have had children earlier or something like that. I mean, it can be, and then it could be the aunt who gives you advice that is not, you know, requested (laughs) that you would rather not hear and it's awkward and you don't want to go to any more family reunions because of it. So it, it can just get very, very, a family is already complicated and it just adds another layer to that. And also that weird tension of like, I feel alone, but then I don't want to be with other people because they're just going to provoke my hurt, whether intentionally or not. Um, and then mm-hmm. also with your husband, uh, it affects your romantic relationship in so mm-hmm. many different ways. And um, uh, I think one of the biggest ways is just that, that intimacy, your whole intimacy with your husband, it is very hard because everything gets down to, it becomes very like scientific. Like this is the goal is to have a baby. It's not, you know, romance or spending time with your husband or whatever. And so, um, yeah, which is what, yeah, which is what we encourage to to get back to. But it's a, it's a struggle, right? Like yes. to get that intimacy back, but it affects your marriage. It has to. <laughs> mm-hmm. So there's a lot of hard parts of being, of struggling with infertility as we've talked about. But what I love about your ministries is that you, you're encouraging women to wait and help to wait and hope Mm -hmm. specifically in the Lord. So I'd love to hear, this is our closing question on this topic. Um, what that's, what that really looks like. So I wake up in the morning, I've struggled with infertility for three years. I'm in a community group that I love with women who I love and they're all having babies and I long to have a baby. So I'm waking up this morning knowing I'm infertile. I'm going through all these treatments. What does it look like for me to wait and hope? So maybe could one of you answer that? And then could one of you answer, what does it look like for 
the community group member to come alongside that person that morning? Mm. That's a really good question. I love the visual of that. Um, I think it is, you know, everyone's different, but I think it's, it's getting up. It's having your time in the word, whatever that may be. Um, and not just, you know, a small devotional or, or one word, like being desperate for his word, because it's going to become your breath and your life to get you through. Mm -hmm. And if you're waiting and hope in the Lord, then he's what keeps you walking in, in through this infertility because infertility is so all encompassing and consuming. And the baby is all you can think about that, that all the things around you start to blur, if you will. And you've got like one trying one mind focused, but really, you know, at waiting hope, what our goal is, is that you would start to see that, that Jesus has to be that one focus. And, you know, like we can make idols out of anything, which <laughs> just the way we are as flawed human beings. But if we can focus our eyes on Jesus and his word, he, that's going to be what continues to give you hope each moment, each day, as you walk it out throughout the day. And it's going to be different. There's going to be ups and downs through those that day, but you know, you keep his word before you, whatever that scripture is that you claimed that morning and you carry it with you, you know, and you keep growing in your understanding of the Lord and your nearness to the Holy Spirit and praying and continuing that conversation of like, I'm at the doctor or, you know, someone just said something that hurt my feelings. Like, Lord, give me a heart that can be compassionate still and not be frustrated or mm -hmm. help me, you know, protect my heart so it's not sad. So Jen, what about for the community group member? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, that's good to have that angle, right? Of like you're in it or you're looking on the outside, you know, from the outside looking in. And I would say very similar to what Kelly answered in that, um, like remind them of truth carefully. Like I would exercise caution with how you do that. Um, and I'll be, I'll get even very specific with this. Mm -hmm. So when women that I've talked to are going through this and they're really struggling, I say, okay, go to the Psalms. I don't give them a, maybe an exact verse or something like that. I say, go look in the Psalms, go to Lamentations, you know, really get into those parts of scripture where people are grieving. You know, David's crying out and he's in the pit and you will find comfort there because you will see that the whole idea of the lament is to turn back. Where do you go with that grief? You go to the Lord and he is listening and he is with us and he cares. And, um, the reason I would say it more generally, like give them say the Psalms or, you know, more, when you get into specific passages, sometimes that can get into the platitude, you know, band-aid sort of fix. And there's no fixing it. Like as a friend, your loved one, mm -hmm. you can't fix it. Only Jesus can fix it. And so let him do that, that work through his word. Mm -hmm. Um, trust that he, he will carry her through it. Um, and mostly just like we've said before, like be there, like be, 
say, I care about you. Jesus loves you. He went to the cross and proved his love for you. And, and I believe that, you know, you have this hope and, and I'll just stand with you however long it takes, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's to me and for my experience, that was what was the most helpful. Um, and you know, the Bible says, where else can we go for words of life? And it's so true. And it's also that we can do that in a gentle, compassionate way. Um, and that's what really pours out the love of Christ and those, those mercies that flow through just even that like hand on the back, you know, mm -hmm. and like, I'm, I'm yeah. with you. Mm -hmm. That's really helpful. So ladies, can we close our time in prayer? Could we could we pray for both women who are struggling with infertility and for those who desire to come alongside them? Mm -hmm. Kelly, do you want to start by praying for those who are struggling with infertility? And perhaps, Jen, you could pray for those coming alongside. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sounds great. Thank you. Lord, we pray that you would um, speak to those who are struggling um, as they have been waiting and waiting and each month and each month getting more frustrated and Lord, I pray that they would just see right now how much you love them. I pray that even the way you brought this podcast before them in this episode today was full of your love and your intention to show them that, you, that they are your beloved daughter. And Father, as you show them that, Lord, may you reach in to touch their heart to see that, that this, this waiting is so much bigger than the waiting for the baby or the waiting um, for it to change. But Father, it's about our hearts. It's about our hearts towards you. So Father, we know that you are able and capable to make a baby. And so I pray, Father, that you do for so many out there that are listening. Um, and even more than that, Father, I pray that you would change hearts, that you would draw um, your women closer to you due to their infertility and because of its refining fire that it puts us through. Lord, we thank you. Even though it's crazy to say, I pray that these women would begin to thank you for their infertility as it draws them closer to their hope in only you, Christ. And Father, we, um, we also lift up to you those women who are listening and they can think of, they have a name that comes to their mind throughout this episode and they know they care for their sister, their cousin, their coworker, someone they know. Um, and maybe they don't know them yet, but they will encounter someone and they just want to be there. And, um, Lord, I thank you for that, for that compassion that you've put in her heart and that she is wanting to, to comfort and to be an encouragement to this person, this woman who's dear to her. And I know that it can be, you feel helpless and, um, like you don't know what's going to be the best thing to say. And so you don't maybe want to say something Lord. And so I pray that your spirit will fill her and um, give her that discernment of when to speak and when to listen and maybe when to send a text just might feel out of the blue, but for her friend, that's exactly when she needed encouragement. Lord, I, I, we trust that 
that you know these things beyond what we can see. And so I pray that you would prompt and lead uh, these women who are wanting to be a support system, Lord. And I pray that you would help them um, point their friend to you as their living hope, their real hope, and, and do that in such a gracious and loving way that um, that they would, the friend who is struggling would really see the beauty of your body, that you have designed mm-hmm. us to be in community, you have designed us to walk together through hard things, to, through joyful things, like all of life's experiences. We're just so thankful that you didn't leave us here alone and that you gave us your spirit and that you gave us your, your church, God. And, and so I pray that you would help, um, help these women to have wisdom and to be, um, to be that person who can like put courage into their friends through your mm-hmm. power, um, through their, through their presence really with their friend in the middle of her grief. God, we, we love you and trust you that you are sovereign over, um, everything that we, we struggle with. And we know that we have resurrection hope in you that, that can keep us going. And so we give you all the praise in your name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you ladies both so much for joining me today. Thank you. Thanks so much, Kira. And until next time, sisters, may we delight ourselves in the Lord as we delight in the calling that he is giving us.